0: Sure. Everybody. Welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Dublin, the show of whiskey, the show of craft cocktail movements, awards, and so much more. Today with the global brand ambassador for Teeling Irish Whiskey, Kevin Hurley. He spent a few days in Texas touring around San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, and he stopped by to talk about really what is the resurgence of Irish whiskey and what is the culmination and emergence of a Dublin cocktail scene. He was at the forefront of it. It is no question that he is one of the most brilliant minds in the Irish cocktail movement, and no wonder that Teeling Whiskey pegged him and poached him for such an amazing role. So Kevin and I talk about a lot of things. We sip through the single malt, the small batch, and the single grain versions marks if you will of teeling irish whiskey and honestly they're all incredibly exceptional and i am really really happy with them and supportive of a 46 percent abv give you a little bit more punch and break out of that modesty that is usually in many irish whiskeys at 80 proof all right so i'm going to get over my obsession with proof i promise but i hope you guys enjoy this chat with teeling irish whiskeys global brand ambassador mr kevin hurley
1: be a genetic thing yeah. but both of them jack and stephen lose their voice at a drop of a hat so they'll what? go to like a whiskey show and they'll be on stand for a while and by the end of two days or if they go for a trip you know launching a new product yeah. or something they just come back unable to speak it must be something genetic because both of them suffer from it that's crazy um, it's yeah. also
0: do you do you sing at all you sing and uh, no nothing no that's it no. there's a way of it's technique sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. sometimes when you talk a certain way, yeah, because you, know, yeah. you can always talk like this, and actually feels pretty good. Yeah, when you can <laughs> talk like this a little bit tinnier uh, depending yeah. on the technique. You might yeah, it must
1: it. be something. Yeah, but it's it's. I I always thought it was unusual that both of them suffer from the same uh, affliction. <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, I think whiskey helps. That's what I hear. It should lubricate the voice. Yeah. That's right. That's an <laughs> Axel Rose solution, from right. what I understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, always well. helped them get on stage and probably good enough for Axel. You know, who might argue. <laughs> If it's good enough for Axel. See, yeah. That's a hell of a marketing
1: campaign. Well there we go. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Helps you sing better. Irish whiskey. Yeah.
0: So what you're on this kind of micro let's call it a micro tour, right? A mini so tour, yeah. A mini tour, yeah. How how often do you make it back to Texas?
1: To Texas usually uh yeah, maybe once, maybe twice a year. Um I'm in the States, I would say eight to ten times a year all told. But oh, that's a, um, yeah. so
0: long periods of time,
1: just a few days. Usually or? usually it's it's you know, I'll never come for less than a week, you know, there's yeah. no point traversing the Atlantic if you're gonna only stay for a couple of days. So yes, come I come for a, a week minimum and then often two weeks and then I like to try and get home. Um you know, I wouldn't really typically do that in longer than two weeks because, you know, when, when you're when you're doing these tours and when you're working it's it's not nine to five, you know. It's yeah. It's nine till midnight and past it, and then up again for nine it's again. It's like
0: whiskey, whiskey, one, whiskey, two, whiskey, that's three, it, right?
1: That's it. It's um yeah. So it's it can be it can be taxing. So I try to try to get home uh, regularly enough and um, break it up a little bit, maybe. So, the, yeah. So I was in New York uh, ooh, like three weeks ago, and then I was home for well for a few days, and then I went to Sweden for a few nights. Stockholm, right? Stockholm. Yeah. yeah Stockholm was cool. Um, they've they've a crazy whiskey fair over there. That's. Did cool. really? Yeah, so it's it's called the Cinderella uh, Viking line is the name of a cruise ship that basically cruises from Stockholm over to uh to Finland on a regular basis. Okay. Um but what they do once a year is they clear out the car deck and they don't allow any cars on it. They lift up the anchor so technically they're at sea. Okay. Yet still in the port of right. Stockholm. And it doesn't and, move. And they open a they open a whiskey fair, right? So they got all major brands and it's crazy and they have like really really limited release whiskies. Yeah. So I know McAllen were doing something exceptionally rare. The queues out the door for, like, they only had, like, 10 bottles per session. Oh, it's amazing. But people were running, like, like Black Friday over here yeah, in the States yeah. and, like, pushing each other out of the way to try and grab these 10 bottles that they had. And Did you guys have that 33 year out there? We didn't have the 33. No, we had our old 30-year-old out there. And oh, we cool. had our old 26, which which was cool because we don't have a whole... I don't see that very often because yeah. that's all sold through. So that's that's rare enough whiskey. But this, this cruise ship had a few bottles of it in stock. So basically, they set up the fair... We sell the whiskey for like three or four hours at a, at a whiskey trade show. Like mm. you would, you know, you'd understand. But it's like
0: out, outside, right? it's kind of well, cold it's, it's,
1: No, no. So it's on the car deck oh, of the okay, ship. Okay. Yeah. So it's under deck. You're below deck. Oh, so no okay. natural light or anything. And you've got all of these crazy Swedish whiskey, uh, you know, aficionados and fans, you know, sampling all this stuff. So inevitably everybody has a few whiskeys <laughs> and then everybody goes back above deck. So out of the car deck and then they set sail. And they said, sail to this island out halfway between Sweden and and Finland. So you're literally locked on the boat with all of the people that you, uh, and there's nowhere to go. So you (laughs) end up up having dinner with them. They're all got, you know, and then they're all, you know, they see, oh, you were at the stand. So the whiskey show never ends because they're just asking you about it. (laughs) And and they get loose, man. They get crazy in Stockholm. They know how to drink and they enjoy their whiskey. So there's like a nightclub on board that you, everybody goes to. So
0: a self-contained party. About, there's, a, there's, a, there's a
1: casino that there's you can... A yeah, yeah. Now it's, it's, you know, the limit is like, you know, $5 bet or something. It's nothing crazy, yeah. but it's, it's a bit of fun. And then what happens at about like three in the morning, you feel the boat stop and it stops for long enough at this island halfway between Sweden and in Finland, and Finland yeah. where um, a guy can get off, basically get a form stamped and it means that everything that they've bought was at duty free prices. So oh, that. oh, that's that's so. Great. That's why people go crazy for it because they they can buy really expensive whiskeys, save hundreds or, or, of dollars. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then literally the boat stops. The guy gets off, gets the form stamped. It turns around and goes back to Stockholm. So it's back in Stockholm by eleven a.m. the next morning. It's incredible. Yeah, and they do that like you know three or four days in a row, and you get lo- you get like. You know, trapped on this boat it's as a, a whiskey rep. I
0: mean, it sounds pretty good. A lot of bad movies start that way. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like a mix between Die Hard and Speed but Two it's, or something. It's a, yeah, it's Speed
0: Two. Yeah, oh but, uh, but but a lot
1: of fun. A lot of fun, but grueling. It's hardcore whiskey trade show. You know, it's, is uh, it? Well,
0: so, what? It, as as let's say a spokesman as this global ambassador, yeah. is it that you're barra- it's, barraged with questions? Is it technicality stuff? What do people really ask you about? It's, yeah,
1: it it can be it can be so um it can be so varied it it's it keeps it interesting you know so yeah. uh, you know especially at, a, at something like a trade show or a consumer evening you never know the group that you have with you so um always before I start I try to get some some idea of we we'll us say if I'm doing a consumer tasting for a group of maybe 20 or 30 people I try to get some idea of what the knowledge in the room is like because you know if you pitch it too basic for the right. whiskey aficionados. They get bored, they switch off. It can reflect badly on, on our whiskey as mm-hmm. if we don't know what we're talking about. If you pitch too high, you end up alienating some consumers who might be just getting into whiskey and that can, that can scare people off the idea of you know getting into the whiskey world. So yeah. I suppose the benefit is that we're an Irish whiskey and, and, and what that generally tends to mean is that we don't take it too seriously the way some whiskey-making regions and um, we'll take it where they get not really really stuffy. giggy. we're not too stuffy about yeah. it you know um we we as a people i suppose are a bit more casual about things so um, th- i think that kind of comes true in our whiskey and we, we don't we don't yeah it's 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 too important to take it this seriously is <laughs> a, a, a line i like to use every well, tw- again, so. i
0: think that's true i think that we both maybe we both know a bit about whiskey we yeah. drink it we've, we've traveled we've talked to people sure. about it but the, the key is to connect people in their own way to whiskey yeah, you know, yeah. It, 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 maybe that's with how it, the how it's malted. Maybe that's how it's distilled. So, but ultimately, exactly. it's a different from everybody.
1: And, and and this is, I suppose, one of the things that I love about whiskey um, and spirits in general, and and cocktails, which is my background. Um, the whole booze business or the whole booze industry. I I was never a, a, a standout student in any particular subject. Mm. I was kind of one of those guys at the at the middle of everything. So I was I was generalist? jack of all trades. Yeah, 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 yeah generalist. Yeah. Exactly right. And what I love about the booze industry and and whiskey it is it's part history because you got the history in there and you can get really in depth into that it's part science because you mm. got like chemistry you've got you know how how the spirit distills sure. it's part art you know especially when Absolutely, you get into yeah. you know it's part marketing and business and and it's so varied and so interesting you can you can I suppose satisfy a lot of your own personal interests within yeah. the uh, within the industries so I find that really really interesting and again yeah to your point you got to find that bit that makes it interesting to the person that you're tasting on it. You know, what is it about about um, the whiskey maybe that might interest them? Yeah. Is it the science bit? Is it the bit, you know, are they really geeky, we say, about the, the distillation process or right, the right. yeast that you use? And, you know, some people get into, you know, the real in-depth and then some people don't care and it's just like how good it tastes, you know, how it makes them feel, and, you know, it's... it's The art uh, of it. The art of yeah. it, yeah. I think you're yeah. right. I
0: think you get some chemistry people, you get some artistic creative type, you get business people. It's like, oh, why oh, did yeah. you choose that bottle type? Why did you print on that type of paper? i
1: say, why did you choose that bottle? Well, it's an investment whiskey, you know. I know, yeah. you know, I'll never <laughs> open it. I don't know what it tastes like, but I know that it's going to give me this return in five years. Yeah, you know? and it can be a business so- like that at times, you know. It's,
0: it's strange. It takes all kinds yeah. to enjoy whiskey. Well, so mm-hmm. let's... So we're going to... I have the... Absolute pleasure of going through the, the tea links, three of the, the SKUs from you guys. Yeah. So the first one, let's talk about that and then let's talk about you growing up in Dublin, sure, pre- sure. presumably. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So um, our very first whiskey is our teeling uh, single grain. So this is a very, very unusual uh, whiskey in an Irish sense. Because we don't do single grain whiskey very often in Ireland. Mm. As of as of essentially last week, there's there's now five single grains in the entirety of the Irish whiskey. Category. That's it. Why That's do you, it. Why do you think that is? Well, I know. Yeah, why Why it is, I suppose, is because of it's not traditional in Ireland, and and the reluctance of Irish uh, whiskey companies back in the turn or the late eighteen hundreds to adopt grain whiskey and adopt the I suppose the the column still, and especially Dublin distilleries mm-hmm. was one of the big factors that led to the downturn of Irish whiskey and its its fall from grace. Um so, you know, Irish whiskey once ruled the whiskey world. You know, in the, in the 70s and 1800s, Irish whiskey was, was top of the tree. At, at one point, it was almost 60 to 70 percent of world whiskey sales was Irish. Mm-hmm. Irish used to outsell scotch in Scotland three to one. It used to outsell bourbon and rum combined in the United States. Oh, um, and then everything went wrong. And one of the big things that, that led to its downturn was the reluctance or the, I suppose a certain arrogance of the Irish distilleries. Mm-hmm. Um, the big distilleries, at least, to, to adopt the, the column still. Um, ironically so enough, so efficient too you absolutely know? and ironically enough perfected by an Irishman called an A.S. Coffee and an A.S. <laughs> Coffee right. uh, perfected this, this new more efficient way of distilling presented it to the Irish distilleries and they essentially most of them save one or two maybe uh, distilleries who did adopt it but all the big guys all the market leaders at the time said no that's not whiskey." We want nothing to do with that. Keeping a um, pot still. Keeping a yeah. pot still. Keeping it traditional the way that we had been ruling the whiskey world uh, for, for a couple of centuries beforehand. So Anais Coffee went on and found favour for his column still in Scotland and you know it leads on to the blending oh, yeah Scotch you've got category. Japanese exactly rum, exactly. even using coffee yeah, uses, yeah. yeah yeah so so we did obviously eventually get get to blending and getting to making grain whiskey in Ireland, but um we would kind of at a time when other market market forces meant that Irish whiskey was on its downturn, mm-hmm. you know tr- prohibition in the United States closed off a huge market, Irish war of independence against the British Empire, we were you know free trade routes we enjoyed through the empire yeah. were closed off, you know so market forces, along with this uh, I suppose reluctance to adopt a column still meant that Irish whiskey almost went extinct um, for a period of time and, and uh, fell to its knees. So because of that, I suppose traditional hang-up or or that um, lack of of, of tradition traditionalism column, is yeah, what which yeah.
0: causes the reluctance to change and evolve, exactly, which was spirits. Yeah, which, which is kind of representative of, of the larger conscious of people right now yeah. too. We're we're very rigid. About yeah, new yeah, things, sure. you know? but when you talk about art whiskey as an art uh, Mescal as an art mm. you do have to at times kind of expand it out and try new things and so you guys introduced this single grain when yeah. about.
1: yeah and this single grain would have come to the market into the u.s i think in 20 2015 i'm gonna say yeah oh, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. relatively, so relatively new. new yeah relatively new and, and the fact to do a single grain in ireland is unusual enough to mature it in the way that we do is even more unusual so we will take the grain from the column still um, and it's made from about ninety five percent corn, um, about five percent malted barley. Really? I mean, so the because
0: yeah. I was tasting it, is it incredible, mm. like butteriness and, and yeah, like yeah. Just softness at the end of it. So what kind of corn are we? T- this is one of those questions. but yeah. native to Ireland? The corn?
1: Uh, no. So it's it's very very difficult to grow corn in Ireland. I was going to say our climate yeah. is our climate is too uh, too cold and too moist. Corn loves to heat, it, loves dry. You know, Texas, that's why you get man. it down this, this area? Know. Yeah. So we we actually import our corn from the south of France. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So. Conversely to that, the grain that loves the Irish climate is barley, and we grow barley like nobody's business. Yeah. You know, it's it grows everywhere. I have a barley field behind my house where my kids play in the summer. You know, it's uh, barley grows everywhere. It's like a weed in Ireland. You know, right, right. Um, so we're really good at growing barley, not good at growing corn. So our corn gets imported from the from the south of France. Um, and yeah, so once we have the, the distillers, and it will be sweeter in its very nature because of that corn yeah. um, base, we will mature in Cabernet Sauvignon and red wine cask. So it goes straight from the still into these Cabernet Sauvignon casts. No time in bourbon or anything. It's not a finish. It's a full maturation in Cab Salve. So
0: second-use barrels. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. And those Cab salve casts come from um, the Napa Valley in California. They're French oak, but they're uh, Californian red wine matured in them. Then we take them over to Ireland, and we'll we'll mature our single grain in there. And really what we're trying to do with that, and the reason we chose um, Cabernet Sauvignon is because there's a dryness, there's a tannic quality to Cab salve. Sure. And and that works as a perfect counterbalance to the sweetness of the corn distillate. Mm. So, you know, oftentimes I think in American whiskey, this is my own personal opinion, you balance that sweetness out with the with the kind of the heat and the spice from a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Because our maturation is so much slower and so much softer and more gentle in Ireland, we don't get that that spice or that heat to our spirit the same way as 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 a kind of aggressively matured bourbon will. Yeah. So we need to find something else to give it that counterpoint. It's uh, a
0: really interesting arti- artistic touch to, yeah, you have yeah. to to do that.
1: Absolutely. And look, this is all the work of our master distiller, our master blender, a guy called Alex Chasco, who is, I like to call him the Willy Wonka of Irish whiskey. He's the guy who's <laughs> like pushing new boundaries, he's trying new things. He's uh, very, very innovative and very. Um very, I suppose, uh, leading a leading a resurgence in Irish whiskey uh, through his maturation and his distilling techniques. Interesting enough, he's an American gentleman. No uh, kidding, our, our where's Astrid. he from? He's from Portland, Oregon. Go oh, yeah. cool figure. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he was a brewer before he was a distiller. You know, back when the hipsters took over beer, Alex was That's at the right. forefront of it, and uh, he was a craft brewer in in, in Portland.
0: And what is the the proof on this guy?
1: So this is ninety two proof. Beautiful. Um, yeah, all of our whiskeys are will go in no less than ninety two proof. Um, non-chill filtered um, no Which artificial colors or anything like that gives no you caramel much, yeah you get yeah. more robust flavors
0: and mm. it, it gives you guys a, I would think a competitive edge because it's yeah. got more flavor and it, it's just slightly more intense
1: yeah absolutely look and it'll be it'll be a couple of dollars more a bottle because of that but you know we like to, we hope at least that the Irish whiskey category has evolved to a point where people now are looking for something different yeah. outside of the uh, the big kind of blends that everybody knows and loves you know yeah. and that everybody drinks a lot of but you know, at a certain point, you go, what's next? Um, you know, we've, we've had those whiskeys. Okay, there's more to explore in Irish. What's the next thing that I can have? And right. we like to think we're that what's next. We're going to be a couple of dollars more because we're a higher proof. We do smaller batches. You know, we're not owned by some big multinational that has very deep pockets. To have, you know, so we're, we're an independent distillery. It means that we're always going to be a couple of dollars more, but... We like to think there's going to be value in those few extra dollars. That it's, you're exi- gonna it's
0: an exciting flavor because it does pay homage to the the old kind of what I'm used to with, yeah. with Irish, even though it is corn, which is different. But it it,
1: it still has that has softness that and that yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
0: which I've really come to love. So you are born and raised in Ireland, is that correct? Born and
1: raised in Ireland, yeah. Born in Dublin, um, thirty five short years ago, and uh, I grew <laughs> up. I grew up in Dublin. actually the the hospital I was born in is about. Uh, Three hundred meter walk from our distillery. Country. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I I was born just off the road from our distillery. Um, I lived in Dublin for about six years, and then I moved just outside of Dublin to the countryside. Uh, where what, I what brought you to the countryside? Uh, just our family Folks, moved. Yeah. I suppose my 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 parents would have always been uh, country people. You know, mm. my father would have grown up farming, as would have my mother. So I suppose the city, when they had when they had me, didn't seem as appealing to ra- raise a child. So we All moved right. out of the city. Um, But the great thing about Ireland is, you know, you can drive 20 minutes out of Dublin and you're in the countryside. So, you know, I I was always very connected into Dublin City. Um, It was a 20 minute drive from where I grew up um and then once i'd finished uh i suppose high school as you'd call it sure sure um, went to university in dublin and um, you know and my whole working life was spent pretty much in dublin so For I, architecture Did I? yeah do that that's yeah, right yeah. yeah yeah i have a and, degree i have a degree in architecture that i well architectural technology yeah. that, that i've never used uh, which is weird because typically in the states anyway it's a pretty lucrative industry yeah yeah and, and it would have been as well. It's just I couldn't love it. I loved studying architecture. Yeah. And I loved studying the art and the buildings and the design and this grand scheme things. The aesthetic, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, the aesthetic yeah. of it. Yeah. But then, like, it's a fascinating discipline to study. But then when I got working in it, um, and I worked as an architect for maybe six months, um, it was behind a desk. It was, um, you know, very nine to five. Yeah. You know, I could go my whole working day without interacting with any other person in the office and i was sitting down at my computer doing layouts for sewage plans of an apartment block and i was like this isn't uh, capturing me the same way as studying <laughs> Frank Gehry's beautiful buildings, you know. Yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, and like yeah.
0: These, yeah I mean, you know what's interesting, actually? I was talking to Jane Maher the other day. Oh, yeah, a um, friend of mine. She's, she's also intensely also interested yeah. in... To, oh, yeah. she's,
1: uh, she's got a very similar degree to mine. We, we spoke about this on several occasions, yeah, myself and Jane. Um, I know Jane going back a few years um, when she used to work as a distillery brand ambassador at yeah. Tom and uh, yeah, we actually had... Uh, um, a seminar proposed for tales this year unfortunately it didn't get picked up but it was about architecture and, and bars and how they interact so yeah it's yeah did you our secret passions as which is
0: a really interesting thing and i asked her kind of the same question and and so when you think about design or you think about architecture and art and those kinds yeah. of things what because it's always very parallel to whiskey what mm. kind of inspire you inspires you from an aesthetic perspective
1: yeah, thirty-five short years. Thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a really good question. I, I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever sat down and thought how the two industries really overlap. Yeah. Um, for me, architecture, again, was fascinating. I liked, I liked the idea of construction and and how things, you know. So there was an engineering element to it as well. Obviously, Absolutely, as along yeah. with the art. So maybe it's just that same thing that we spoke about earlier—that multidisciplinary. Yeah. You know, not too pigeonholed, but I very quickly found out that. You know, I was more of a, a motivated by interacting with people, and, yeah. and um, I suppose I bartended my way. Um, I poured my first pint of Guinness when I was. 15 in the pub back home uh, near where i grew up and yeah because we're in ireland you can get away with that kind sure, of thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah bartended yeah 20 years this year would mark my 20th year in the That's service incredible. industry i guess
0: was it genetic at all so my mom was in the industry my dad's still in the industry your folks or?
1: no no not at all no um no, no nothing even close to, to the industry my, my father worked for um the telecommunications uh, you know like at&t equivalent yeah around, yeah um, for for yeah nearly 40 years wow. worked the same job for 40 years and that blew my mind because well
0: because you can't take six months of doing architecture and i've
1: had so many jobs i can't yeah. you know my dad started with this company when he was like 16 17 and worked worked his whole life that's incredible for that, for that one company i was like you know i don't think i've had a job longer than three or four <laughs> years at one company you know <laughs> so yeah maybe maybe it's the creative heart man you, yeah you keep going a free you to, soul man you know just uh, <laughs> yeah i don't just know. want to be inspired that's you know? it that's it and you people know.
0: are a very inspiring thing yeah so it makes sense so when you think about the cocktail industry and the bar industry because you also founded the irish craft cocktail week too, correct or craft yeah Cocktail craft craft awards, awards. awards yeah, yeah, yeah what did you see in that industry that really
1: drove you for, for me it was it was interacting with people and that's yeah. that's where i got my kicks you know um Service is, is a really unusual industry um, because, you know, a lot of people will look down on the service industry and, they'll you know, there's a difference between in the service industry and being a servant, you know, right. serving people and being a servant. Not, not the same thing at all. You know, I think there's a nobility and there's a there's um, something really intrinsically you know there, there's there's a pride that you get when you when you serve people almost it's it's, it's kind of symbiotic too isn't it yeah yeah absolutely they yeah. get something you get i mean it, it really yeah is. exactly and um yeah i just loved that i you know i loved it from from an early age um, were you good at it yeah conversing it was, with
0: people and yeah, soft skills. well
1: you know what it's something it was a learned skill you know i was i was shy kid uh coming through school you know i uh, i was never the most outgoing guy but maybe maybe that's what it was the service industry gave me this this security blanket of that—that that, you know, twelve inches of pine between me and the customer. Yeah, that, yeah. um, you know, I felt m- far more confident behind the bar um, at an early age, and it, and it gave me a self-confidence, and it gave me, um, you know, it, it gave me a, a a newfound confidence that I'd never really had before. Yeah. Um, so that was a large part of it. You know, it's it's almost like a drug. It's almost like an adrenaline it kind is. of thing that you refills get refills your sales. When yeah, talk, to absolutely. Boy. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I I. Uh, yeah, I I developed myself and my character. I, I I became different, I suppose, yeah. through through, the, through this industry. And I went on to run a lot of really cool bars in Dublin. The liquor, the liquor rooms is my most yeah. recent. Yeah, um, liquor rooms is a really cool bar. Um, it, it, it was uh, I I'd, I'd previously worked for a number of years before that for for Diageo in Ireland as a national spirit brand ambassador for mm. Diageo, and I kind of stepped away from that, and I had this opportunity to open a bar again. And it's it's rare enough that people will go from the bar industry into, pain, the, into yeah. the commercial kind of sales side and then go back to the bar industry, but um, it was a fantastic opportunity to open this amazing bar for for um, at a time when Dublin was kind of coming out of recession. You know, we we had had a really deep hard recession mm. where where you know a lot of people in Ireland had had a lot less money than they had before, and and the idea of opening a bar in the year that we did it um was, what year was are we talking roughly we're talking uh 2013 okay uh, a little bit after I mean, our yeah, session here yeah, yeah yeah so um so yeah we we um ireland was just kind of coming out of it a wee bit and yeah the opportunity to open a high-end kind of cocktail bar is like you know you're, you're crazy there's no market counterintuitive for right yeah, yeah so but we knew that like if you know if you do it at the right price you know if you sell the drinks at the right price if you do something you know really high quality driven at, at an affordable price you're you're going to do okay so our bar you know I, I was lucky that i i hired amazingly um astute bartenders. we had a fantastic team there and, and any success that the bar has had is is entirely down to the group of of people that we we put together there um, do you
0: feel like so, so two things one yeah. did you in, input creatively or architecturally for the bar, there was,
1: there was a certain element of design and that kind of stuff that I would have had a hand in for sure, yeah. you know, and, and and you know, it's always very handy to be able to knock up a plan of of the bar layout that you well, want. Well, yeah, I mean that's when you're expensive. To designers and stuff, yeah, and it's that's, that's like, something yeah. I've done on several occasions. Go get Kevin to do it. All yeah, this yeah, month yeah, yeah. off my old thing. drawing board <laughs> and uh, my T square whatever, yeah. Put a pencil behind the that's ear. And you're right back in there. So yeah, really, yeah, like it was always it was always handy, but um yeah, it's uh the bar went on to do incredibly well it was very very successful we were, we were the first bar in the republic of ireland ever to get uh, a nod from the tales of the cocktail spirit awards committee wow. so um we got on the long list of 10 for best new cocktail bar in 2014 yeah. so uh, best new international cocktail bar 2014 so we were up there with some amazing bars like um i think i think the guys who won it that year was was white line in london which yeah. is one of the best, a, best, but, a, you know that's probably my favorite part yeah, well. yeah so that's crazy. you know t- you know, we we didn't make it to the top four. You know, they shortened the list of four for the actual awards. We didn't make it into that top list, but we we R- got it. We got noticed. The notice. company, right? Like the the, yeah. cr-
0: the crowd of the and those amazing people, those minds that composed that. List. Oh, absolutely,
1: and and you know. We were blown away because we're Ireland, you know? Who, know. who comes to Ireland? Who for, you know? Cocktails, no. Yeah, us, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, it gave the whole industry in in Ireland a boost. I think, and a lot of people go, well, if if the guys down the road can do it, yeah, you know, and and we we have now. I'm very proud to say a really, really, um, really, really good craft cocktail scene in Ireland, um, and and we were looking for a way to celebrate that in some way and, and maybe inspire. Um, you know, it, when we got that nod for Tails, I saw the the benefit of being recognised as an award. You know, I was never a guy chasing awards or anything yeah, right. like that, or for any of the bars that we ever worked in. They're always nice to get, but when I saw that happen and I saw the boost that that gave the industry and also gave the bar team that we had, um, you know, everybody was coming into work, they were bouncing into work again. You yeah. know, they were they were so inspired about well, recognition what they were doing. is a major part of that. Right? Absolutely. So so we didn't have a uh, a really good um, awards. In Ireland, to recognise what we were doing in the craft scene, you know, we had the the, the restaurant awards, which recognised chefs and restaurants, and there was a cocktail section to that. Yeah. But you know, we didn't have a, a cocktail focused awards really. So, myself and a couple of uh, other bartenders in Dublin at the time, um, a really good friend of mine called Robert uh, and uh, Caldwell, and um, a girl called Chandrika Narayanan and Mohan, who who used to work with me in the liquor rooms, we we set up this uh, this Irish Craft Cocktail Awards, and we had our third year this year. Um and it's turned into the, the social event of the calendar <laughs> the premier, every cocktail that's, bartender that's incredible. comes out and uh, yeah we had, a, we had a great night we had almost uh, 300 people at it this year what and type
0: of awards are we talking what would be an it's the classics
1: it's you know we're very open about the fact that we've literally ripped off the spirit of the <laughs> awards from tells <sales laughs> of the cocktail uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we used a very similar format but you know the, the categories are are your classic you know best bar best yeah, bartender yeah. best cocktail menu best mustache uh, no 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 not <laughs> yet, <laughs> no, not yet <laughs> but uh, best best sleeve tattoo but uh, oh, there uh, you go but uh, yeah, no, we're we're working on it. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 great fun, and really, what it is, we say the awards are secondary. It's just a chance for the whole industry in Ireland. You're just boosting to get morale. It, but just yeah. get together and have a blow. We we purposely had it just before the Christmas madness hit, so we have it the last weekend in November, and um, because it's your last chance as an industry to get together before everybody puts their head down and goes crazy for Christmas. Yeah. Um. So we said, look, it's it's a party, it's a celebration. That's you know, and but the great thing is the industry in Ireland is really supportive of each other. The guy who won the best bartender this year got carried up on stage shoulder high by other bartenders. That's um, amazing. Which is how support, and that's what I love to see. There's literally
0: support for the (laughs) bartender. Physical (laughs) and emotional and every kind
1: of support you want.
0: Well, so whiskey is a a major chapter, obviously. It is a massive underlying thread of Irish culture. Sure. Um, So let's take a sip of the second, which is the small batch, and then talk about, had the fortuitous evening occurred where you realized you wanted to work for teeling
1: yeah um yeah teeling was yeah and still is my dream job I, i'm so incredibly fortunate to uh to get to travel the world um selling ireland really uh, yeah. as much as irish whiskey which is fantastic but um the way i suppose the job came about was was again thanks to the liquor rooms we when we were working in the liquor rooms, the first bottle of teeling came across, and it's this drink that you're, or this whiskey that you're having now, is their teeling, small batch? Mm -hmm. We had a gentleman working for the company at the time called uh, Mick, and Mick came in with the bottle of teeling, and he basically just slid it across the counter and said, here's a new whiskey, um, see what you think, and he turned around and he walked out, and that was a bit kind of, you know, because usually you have the hard sell, and Mm -hmm. and he goes, here here you go, see what you think, and and he walked out, and I was like, wow, okay, well, that's kind of a unique approach, but I really appreciated it. He basically said, look, let the liquid speak for itself, And I'll come back in a week or so and see how how you like it. So um, the minute that we got this in from a cocktail sense and our Teeling Small Batch, it it answered a lot of challenges that we've had for Irish whiskey when it comes to cocktails. Mm. Um, And I was talking to some bartenders down in San Antonio last night about this and and, and, um, they were repeating back to me the same things that I had thought to be true, which is fantastic. But Irish whiskey by its very nature has been in the recent history Distilled and blended to be quite light, um, right, and, yeah. and as a purpose, almost neutered, exactly, honestly, yeah. and and trying to make it the anti Scotch almost, and that's the way Irish whiskey was sold for a long time. If you don't like Scotch and this big, bold, heavy flavors, here's your soft, inoffensive kind of alternative. Sure, um, and but
0: th- real quick though, that is not representative of the Irish people. You no. guys are not passionate. <laughs> yeah, you are <laughs> outspoken. That's true, it. I yeah. suppose.
1: Yeah, but um, but look, you know, it, it's something that had to be done, and and credit to those who did it because it saved the Irish whiskey industry from extinction. Because yeah. we wouldn't have been able to compete with the Scots. Um, at the time at their own game so um but what that means in a cocktail sense is that the 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 spirit can oftentimes get lost in a cocktail you're talking very grain forward spirits Mm -hmm. um, and grain is is much more difficult to mix with than with say malt because grain is lighter and it has less structure to the to the to the spirit so um you have to be very very delicate with it yeah in an ideal world, we'd all be making cocktails with single malt whiskey, and um, because it's got structure, you know, it's got complexity, it's got depth, the character. You can throw in citrus, you can throw in liqueurs, you can bash it around with ice, and it still comes out tasting like whiskey. Sure. Um, but people don't necessarily pay for for single malt cocktails, so your next best bet is to pick a blended whiskey with a high malted barley content or a decent malted barley content in there. So first things first, yeah, team Small Batch had that. You know, we use about. Thirty percent, twenty-five, thirty uh, percent malt in the blend. So that's a that's a decent wow, jump up yeah. against a lot of the other entry-level blended Irish whiskies. And um, the second thing then was that um, it's that extra ABV, that extra proof. You know, it's forty-six percent, ninety-two proof. Yeah, so again, extra cool. alcohol in there, which means that when you're mixing with it, you've got a bit more elasticity in the spirit. You can dilute it a bit more, and it's still going to have that alcohol. Still have a backbone to it. Yeah. yeah. And then the third thing that really. Um, Set it off for me was was how we matured this whiskey. Distance. Please tell me
0: because I'm getting that back about and I, it just blew me. I made a real weird face, which you can't see. Yeah, yeah, see, but yeah. That's yeah. incredible.
1: So what? So yeah, how is this one? True? The way we mature this, we take the grain and the and the malted barley components, we mature them separate to each other in first and second fill American American bourbon cask, mm. um, and then after about five five and a half years, we will blend them together in that in that ratio, that seventy thirty ish ratio, uh, but then we will take them through a secondary maturation, a finish of. Somewhere between six to nine months in a rum cask. Okay, let Central yeah. American rum cask. Yeah, yeah. So that brings in all of this amazing tropical fruit note too. You get that original, obviously from the bourbon. You're getting that vanilla. You're mm-hmm. getting that that spice, that cinnamon. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that 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 rum cask opens in all this for me. Mango, papaya, almost kind of note. There's it. a crisp kind of a almost acidic
0: note, mm, without being mm. like probably acidic. But it, yeah. it really is. It's nice and crisp and tight on the yeah, finish. Absolutely. Whereas sometimes Rome cast can give you uh, a wobbly or a flabby. Yeah,
1: finish, you yeah, know? yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which um, is
0: good. It's still very unctuous. It's very dessert like. But this is actually more refined. It's tighter than.
1: Yeah, that. yeah, sure. um Yeah, it's it's yeah six to nine months of a finish. It's it's relatively short in an Irish sense, um, but. I suppose the other thing that, that Alex, our master blender, talks about here is is the marrying process. He allows the grain and the malt to marry in the rum cask. Rather than, we'll say, finishing them separate and then blending it before it goes into the bottle, he'll blend it first and then marry it in the mm-hmm. rum cask, as he says. And, and what that means, the best way I can describe it is, it's like when you make, we'll say, a big one-pot dish like a casserole or a stew or something like yeah. that. And you eat it on the first day and it's good, but the second day it's better and by the third day it's really kind of developed sure. flavor and leftovers taste better than the first, you know. Well, so it's yeah. this idea of flavors developing together um, and, and it's the it's same thing. It's like any idea. good broth, right? Any, any
0: of the ingredients individually, they're good. Yeah, yeah. If you let that simmer and you exactly. let those fats come out and kind of yeah, come you yeah. and all Yeah,
1: of it. yeah so I, I completely get it and that's a really shrewd way approach the blending sure 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 and that's that that's the goal on this one so you know alex says nothing magical really happens after we'd say three or four months so, you know starting to take on the run but it hasn't developed but uh, mm. so something magical happens at the, like five month mark almost and he said you can almost time it it's, it, it gets this extra layer of of, of complexity to yeah. it you know it's really something new evolves and he's you know the hair's tingle up in the back of his arm and yes. he goes yeah okay it's ready you know it's uh, we know, <laughs> we know you know when you when you taste it you know yeah, yeah 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 for sure
0: so this made a very uh, attractive company i mean they pursued yeah. you did you pursue them it was a
1: bit of both so uh, i got behind this really really quickly you know because it answered all of these these challenges that i had for us we started putting um a few cocktails on the menu i did a video for the irish times um a newspaper in ireland they came into the liquor rooms and I asked for a, a quick, like you know, two minute video of the perfect mm. summer cocktail, um, and I used Teeling in it. We had you know just gotten it, and it was a, the first cocktail I ever made with Teeling was a cocktail called the Red Leg Rebellion, which is mm. essentially a variation of a mai tai, um, and uh, I did that for the Irish Times, and that kind of got a lot of you know social media hits, and you know, the, the, got me on the radar, I suppose, of Jack and Stephen Teeling, and the company was so small at the time that they literally walked in to the personally thank me for putting a, a menu on or a cocktail on our menu. Wow. So, and whenever they'd have anybody in town then, you know, in, in Dublin to visit the site of where the new distillery is going to be or international distributors or, or whoever they had come into Dublin, they'd bring them by the liquor rooms and we'd host them and they'd have a few drinks. And then I suppose essentially through me badgering them for uh, <laughs> for about nine to 12 months about their their need for, uh, for somebody in this role, they eventually... Uh, Hired me as their first ever global brand ambassador, which, which, amazing. Is, which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's ridiculous that they pay me to go around the world drinking whiskey. It's, well, uh, it's not a real job, you
0: know. Well, that's, it's strange, but what about the, the health side of it? I think it's something that's a very mm-hmm. important issue to address because people are passing now yeah, because yeah. of this lifestyle. you sure. 35 sure. short years. Yeah, old, yeah. <laughs> <apparently>. <laughs> and this is tough, right? Yeah. To both hang and be social and balance and also enjoy the wonderful whiskey too yeah. so for you do you have any kind of framework for going out that you know it's limits it, or anything it's
1: something like? that's you know th- this will be um next month will mark my second year with teeling wow. um my first year was just carnage i was you know <laughs> uh, eating real bad yeah. you know um you know just just indulging i suppose in, in the in the lifestyle a lot um and my second year now is all about and definitely my third year will all be about redressing that balance and yeah i'm lucky i've i've got a a, a wife at home that looks after me incredibly well when when i'm home she's she's amazing um at keeping i suppose our family on, on a healthy track yeah um takes a strong woman absolutely yeah like. yeah and um you know we've, we've three kids as well and uh she keeps our family eating very very well she's very passionate about organic food and 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 cooking and eating well yeah. um, so when I'm home I, I tend to eat very very well when I'm traveling that all falls to shit and I just <laughs> you know it's uh, yeah it's, at the it's, end it's of the tough. year
0: it's like well as long as it's six months I good wanna, six I months bad I want to be
1: one of those brand ambassadors who packs his sneakers in his in his, uh, in his his luggage every, oh, God, every trip yeah. and you know we have one of those who works for us a guy called Hugh he's our commercial manager for Europe and he gets up every single morning no matter what he was doing the night before and he'll, he'll have his, his sneakers with him he'll go for a run around yeah. whatever city he'll be in yeah and uh, I wanna, I wanna be that. I wanna be more Hugh. I think uh, for for year three, but uh, for my first couple of trips, I packed my sneakers, and they just ended up taking space in my uh, taking space in my luggage, and then the sneakers went out and then maybe a bottle of whiskey went in to take its place and I started... <laughs> it's like symbolism. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, I need to I need to get better at it. I, I feel sometimes like I'm on the cheeseburger tour of North America when I'm over here. <laughs> we're know? good at that. Yeah, That's the yeah. thing that
0: we're good at is eating in America and making lots of cheap, really I fast, tasty
1: food. I think I'm going to start a blog. <laughs> the cheeseburger blog. <laughs> the cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, it lasts
0: maybe 18 months before you pass. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait that long. But so, it's interesting this kind of rise to a global role for you sure with is just coming up on two years yeah someone that maybe was just kind of honing their skills socially now when you're on the road and you captivate an audience you train a bar crew yeah did that stuff take a little bit of work and polishing for you or was it very natural for you to
1: um yeah it's it's something that yeah it's definitely a learned skill um you know as i say i'd, I'd worked for the agio for a, for a number of years back in ireland doing a national role so that was a good grounding in it you know uh, yeah and um, this was at a time when when the recession was in full flow, so I ended up traveling to a lot of um, secondary kind of cities and towns in Dublin and trying to make cocktails a thing. And um, you know, so it was the hard yards, I suppose, of mm. of the unglammer Cut your teeth side. On, yeah, think. yeah. And that um, that was a really good grounding then to to um, qualify me, I suppose, to take on a role such as as being the global brand ambassador for a for a brand. You know, it's it's a big role, but I I've Feel like I had the foundations there, and, and plus, you know, all through my bartending career has been teaching, whether it be you know educating bartenders um, who who were working with us or um, you know education. I think has, has always been a part of something. I, I had a secret desire to to become a, a teacher when I left. Did you really? When I left high school. I didn't quite make the grades to do it. And but you so mean is, is into architectural technology through a back door of a of a system that we have? And, I was and going um, to say. Yeah. 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 It's. Um, yeah we we had basically i took the circuitous route around to becoming an architecture technologist but managed i, I just wasn't motivated enough in school i don't think i played a, a lot of sport and did a lot less study than i should have so yeah. so um yeah it's uh teaching i think it was it was always a secret a secret desire of mine and now i get to do it in a roundabout way which is which is really great and in your own way yeah yeah and i get to educate and um yeah on, on, a, on a on a subject that's yeah, obviously a passion. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great.
0: Well, so to talk about the future and a few other things for you. Yeah. Let's punctuate that
1: with the third our amazing third whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. We're, so we're up to our single malt now. Our teeling single malt. So this is our non-age statement single malts. Mm. Um what we have here really is a is I suppose you would say a blend or a vatting of of five different malts uh, from our from our um, maturation warehouse. If you imagine. Five malts all being distilled in different years. The youngest malt in here is around eight or nine years old. The oldest one can go up to about 23 years old. Mm. So it's a big swing in ages. We don't put an age statement on it because by law we'd have to call it an eight or a nine year old. It just doesn't do it justice. It doesn't drink like that age of a whiskey. Um, but also, you know, the industry is kind of moving away from age statements. Um, so we, we don't age statement this particular whiskey. But what we do is, again, innovation and in maturation um we will take each of these malts they'll initially spend their time in bourbon and then at a certain period of time they'll come out of bourbon and they get finished in a different type of wine cask wow. so there's five wine casks they get finished independent of each other um in five different wine casks so we've got a port a sherry a madeira a cabernet sauvignon and a white burgundy mm-hmm. and from those five finishes we um blend this this malt um so super super complex you know, hold up! That this had obviously never been done before in the Irish whiskey industry. It's rarely been done in world whiskey to combine that many casks. Yeah. And I was nervous when I heard it first. I thought, Oh God, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of wood going on there. You know, are they all going to cancel each other out? Is it just going to be a noisy whiskey all over the flavor? Noisy. Map? That's good. Um, you know, um, I've I've got a great cheesy brand ambassador line. It's like turning on five radios and trying to hear one song. Yeah. But even cheesier again is when I say. Instead, it's like taking five instruments and conducting a perfect <laughs> symphony in the orchestra. That's, that's, but, um, well, it's, you know,
0: so, so, because it is that it's mm, got this bigness, and it yeah. has this versatility, this just movement
1: going yeah. on. Yeah. It's very dynamic. Absolutely. It's
0: like, I think some people, when they look at curries, right, they're like, "What well, you're going to use all 10 of those ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the heat and the deft hand to, to combine all those sure, things that really sure. make it work. And so, this really is. Ex- got the darkness the light it's got yeah. kind of everything you really would and want look, you're,
1: you're hitting the nail on the head this is again is is alex our, our distiller our blender's masterpiece you know this this really shows off his scale of what what really good quality malt's can do in the hands of a very very masterful blender uh-huh. um this, the way he goes about this whiskey you know if, if you think of those first three cast port, sherry madeira deep rich um intense sweeter kind of flavors you need to balance that in a way mm-hmm. um using the the tannins and the and the and the fruit from the from the cab sav like they did. we did with our first whiskey with a single grain to give it a bit of structure a bit of dryness but then the genius uh, move is the white burgundy uh, the white burgundy comes in there gives it citrus it gives that nice kind of i always identify it almost like passion fruit and it just leaves right, you on yeah. the palate it's almost like you know when you have a, a sorbet to cleanse your palate at the end it's that kind of Absolutely. sensation it just gives this crispness and this freshness that just cuts through all of that dried fruit and that richness of the first three casks it's so. like sergeant peppers man yeah it's
0: got everything that you would want yeah. every type of song every and, type. and it of takes note. you on a
1: journey because you you do it does evolve and develop as you're drinking it you know new flavors yeah. come to the fore add a drop of water in there and it just explosion of fruit comes through you know it's it's super super complex whiskey and you'll sit down you'll spend a bit of time over that that's a real kind of sipper and you can explore that whiskey a bit and really yeah it yeah. is
0: there's probably a lot lurking in there with a rock or as you say yeah sure a couple of drops exactly, of water.
1: yeah exactly and it, it will it'll take you on a journey you know so it's it's a, a fantastically interesting whiskey um, and i'd happily put that up against any other you know single malt in the world for its price point and say oh, yeah. for everything that you look for um in a in a really good whiskey you know character depth of flavor you got all that fruit that 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 irish fruity single malt that, that's just you know it's so identifiable and then you've got that con- kind of complexity as well and that, that layers and layers of flavor to it so you know I, I think it's it's fantastic it's not our most expensive whiskey but it's it's definitely one of my what, favorites what roughly is the um, retail so that again? retail I suppose in this part of the world you know if you were to pick that up in a liquor store usually in around fifty. 55 dollars yeah well a bottle so yeah i think the value is is, is and right the proof there. is right see this is the thing yeah I look yeah for,
0: you know so and the fact that lurking mm, mm. in between you've got older whiskies, even though yeah, you yeah. don't you don't know you know i mean yeah, i think and, that's something and
1: the other thing i suppose to, to mention is you know this is called teeling single malt you know there's nothing about the packaging or the marketing of this that that tells you it's five casts you know so we, we right. could have been very cynical called a teeling five cask kind pictures of barrels because we wanted to you know make it a gimmick almost and have mm-hmm. pictures of barrels all over the label and sell it in a barrel shaped bottle with a you know <laughs> in a in a cast made out of the staves <laughs> of the barrel or whatever. Right, yeah. But we make no reference to it because really the reason we did it wasn't for gimmick it wasn't to say we we successfully married five casks or it's because that's what tastes the best out of what we had, yeah. you know. Um, this this it couldn't whiskey, be any other way. Right? Exactly, that's, yeah, the only way that's it has that's to be. that's yeah. the way it is. And as I say, it was a labor of absolute love um, for Alex. I think it nearly, I think it nearly killed him. To be <laughs> honest, this came out of a, a trip that Stephen and Jack took to the US, uh, launching one of our previous whiskies. And over here in the US, you guys have this fixation on single malt, single malt, no. single malt, single malt, single malt, or the consumer at least. And you know, the guys came back and said, "Okay, well, look, Alex, America needs a single malt. Um, you know, just just make it the best." I said, what, what kind of what kind of re- or brief is that? Just make it the best. So he said <laughs> Give about some uh, guidelines. Exactly, I don't think he ever said about doing five casks, but he said, you know, usually when he's trying to put a blend together, he knows the whiskey so intimately, he'll hit the flavor profile he wants within six or seven tries. It's this incredible. took twenty-seven different attempts to get this whiskey right, um, and he went with number twenty-six, uh, his twenty-sixth. Blend of this, and um, he went with and number 27. He said he'd gone too far. Yep, I had it, I had it the last that's time. That's good. I mean, to know, messing with it. Yeah. to know the boundaries. Yeah, so, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how this whiskey came about. It's
0: a, I mean, the, the, these three are really remarkable. I yeah. mean, it's I think it's a great evolution of the flavor, too, to mm. do it in this order. What, yeah. what, what I
1: love about them is they're three very different whiskeys to each other Absolutely. as well, and that's yeah. not always the case. Oftentimes in, in Irish and, and in other regions, when you're when you're drinking three whiskeys from the same brand, you're kind of just drinking older versions of each other, sure, they don't Higher change proof, exactly. Maybe don't change yeah, yeah. in a huge remarkable way but these whiskies occupy three very different spaces on the on the whiskey map shall we say Absolutely. you've got a blend uh, uh um, a malt and a grain all matured in different kind of woods you yeah. know so you, you've got you've got a whole lot to explore there within the range and and that's on purpose you know mm. we um you know nobody likes no three people like the same thing so you know you make three different whiskies, and you and you hope that that somebody would like one of them at least, you yeah, know. It's, uh, and I think we're we're hitting that, as they say.
0: I I absolutely agree. So I've got two two more questions for yeah, you sure. before you're off into the wild again <laughs> yeah. in Austin and hanging yeah. out and kind of teaching and spreading the word. Some more on T-Link So one thing is that I wonder where this all ends up for you. you yeah. know what I mean, I wonder where the intel the the ability to use math, the ability to appreciate aesthetic, the ability to talk to people, to educate. I wonder when you're 45, mm. if you're going to still be a whiskey guy, are you going to have your own distillery? Are you going to change tracks? Have you thought about that?
1: That's a really good question. Um, it's something that's, yeah, I, d- I don't know, to be honest. It's... it's um it's, it's yeah a really good question you you're making me guess or second everything I've ever known <laughs> no um yeah it's it's something that i I think about and I talk about you know as i say i've got I've got three small kids yeah. um at home a family that's why I, of. I, I travel quite family. a bit and it's it's tough um to do, but as the, as the boys get a bit older, it gets a bit easier yeah um and they understand that that daddy has to travel for work you know um you know whiskey is is great because you know you you can you can keep at it you can you know and every day you're learning more and more and you get better and better at your job i guess yeah there's more and more to uh to to learn um where does it all end i don't know i'm 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 exceptionally happy doing what i'm doing at the moment and um, there's an absolute future and, and i'm in with a company who has um a really really good and strong future you know um speaking to uh, an eminent irish whiskey historian a guy called o' o'connor um he uh I remember him telling me once about, you know, when I was when I was looking to take this job, I happened to, to bump into him and I was saying, you know, what do you think of Teeling? You know, because you see so many Irish whiskey brands sure. come and oh, go yeah. and you, you're you never quite sure about the, the longevity of them. And um, Fionnan said, you know, Irish whiskey is, is in poise for this explosion, right? we We have. You know, Five years ago, we had three, three distilleries. Now we have about a dozen producing spirits with another dozen or more yeah. planning to be open in the next 10 years. Right, So Irish Whiskey is about to explode. You've got all the big players in investing in Irish Whiskey. Um, and some of these brands will live, and some of these distilleries will survive, and some of these distilleries will die away. And he said, you know, what you get oftentimes is um, somebody opening a brand, you've got, we'll say, a business guy, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely! who knows how to get the product on shelf and he knows how to move it and he knows how to market it and he knows how to sell it. But he doesn't have the distillery side of things to so make good juice and make good whiskey, right? So it'll be a marketing brand and it'll come and go and it'll explode like a firework and die away. Right. And then he said, even more depressing, what you'll have on the other hand is the whiskey guy, right? Who knows how to make amazing juice, who knows how to mature and blend and all that kind of stuff. But he doesn't have the business sense because that's all well and good. But until you can get it on the shelf and get it moving and get that's it into right, people's yeah. hands, that brand will die away. But he said, with Teeling, he said you got both. You've got Jack Teeling and Stephen Teeling, who have done this before, you know, through through their previous distillery in Cooley. You know, they they um, they know the business side of things, and they're astute business folk. And then you've got Alex Chasco, who's running all the liquid, and he's you know one of the most talented distillers and blenders, um, you know, in the industry. I think. And and you've got both of those things together equals real longevity for this brand and for this yeah. company. So and more and more interesting things on the way. You know, it's it's incredibly exciting that we have our distillery working again. Um, our Dublin Whiskey, I suppose, distillery working again. When we opened our distillery um, in 2015, our new distillery, it was the first new distillery in Dublin in 125 years and wow. the only distillery to be operating in Dublin in, in the guts of half a century. So yeah, insane. It's, um, it's, it's really, really cool when you know, the the I suppose, the place that Dublin had in the world of whiskey. You know, it once was the capital of whiskey world um, and, and much in the same way as we understand cognac to be a separate region from French brandy and cognac is that premium kind of expression from that region of France. Dublin was seen to be the same of Irish whiskey back mm. when Irish whiskey ruled the world. If you were from a Dublin distillery, you would have put Dublin in your bottle and, and you would have sold it as a Dublin whiskey because that was the aspirational style. That's what everybody right, wanted to right. drink. So to have not have a, an Irish whiskey or a Dublin whiskey, should I say um, category for, for the last almost half a century, you know, is is a real crime. So, um,
0: well, that's all changing. I can feel it. Yeah, you know, that yeah. the the piece about I re- the ascendant or yeah. ascension, rather, like a phoenix. Would be sure, funny, yeah, right? yeah. Of, of that category. though. Yeah. So all right. So then, this is the last piece, and this is about you. Okay. So I, I'm just going to pick it because I, I really love the single motto. It was Really mm-hmm. exceptional. They're all wonderful, but that is a great way to 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 end the the trio. Sure. Well. so let's the trilogy. Say, we like. To the, oh, the yeah. trilogy. The Trinity. The, the trinity. triumvirate. Yes. The Trinity. Yes. Yeah. So, you've got a sip of the single malt at any bar in the world. doesn't matter where. And you get to share a conversation with somebody either living or deceased. Who would you love to just sit and wax poetic with sipping the single malt?
1: Hmm. Good question.
0: (laughs) Yes, again, I'm putting you on the
1: spot. (laughs) You are putting me on the spot here. Yeah, this is is getting deep, man. Ah, (laughs) It's it's getting getting really I would actually um, unapologetically I'm, yeah 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 um i suppose yeah i suppose keeping with the theme we'd have to we'd have to maybe have a group of people can i, can I fair, have a group no, of people can absolutely. i have like two or three people from yeah. a few different disciplines so um somebody maybe in sport maybe somebody in irish sport i i, I find it interesting the mentality of of the sports person yeah. so and um, we had a great irish soccer player who was captain of the irish team for a long time called roy Keane. i'd love to sit down and uh a drummer Just, too. yeah, or maybe Connor McGregor, I think that oh, guy's fascinating funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he likes a whiskey or too as well I think so, so. Well, it's hard when he's training, but he'd, it's yeah he'd, he'd be interesting at least um, and then maybe um, I'd love to kind of spend more time in in the company. I know this sounds like such a brand answer, but uh, for the for the whiskey side of things and the business side of things. John Teeling, who's the father of of Jack and Stephen, the two yeah. brothers, and John opened the Cooley distillery in nineteen eighty seven um in Ireland uh, at a time when when Irish whiskey was on its knees and it had a huge part to play in the in the kind of the revival of the category. So I'd like to to sit down and maybe pick his brains and and see his motivation and his forethought to kind of to help um or to predict I suppose the the resurgence of Irish whiskey mm-hmm. as he did. Um so he'd be interesting with Conor McGregor and then uh I don't know who else. We'd have somebody maybe from uh pick a mu- tell me a music guy. Is music anybody guy. that
0: inspires you musically?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Maybe will we sit down with Kanye, maybe, and see what's going on in that guy's head? That's I, would, <laughs> I would leave eventually. <laughs> I don't know how the mix of uh, whiskey would. uh Yeah, I don't know. what's going Would on you like
0: stop a... talking about yourself, yeah, man?
1: Come yeah. On. yeah, no. Um, I like
0: it that that would be an interesting turn. Wouldn't it be itself? a fun? Yeah. Uh,
1: McGregor might knock Kanye in and we could. Uh, I, it would be, good be
0: brilliant if you would just do it. <laughs> maybe knock some sense.
1: Maybe, maybe yeah. Funny. Who knows? Who it's hard knows. to say. Yeah. Well, it's
0: it's been brilliant chatting, and I've love the juice it's been just a pleasure getting introduced to it getting introduced to you and i think you're gonna love the rest of this trip in texas i hope
1: so. yeah look i always have a blast when i come down this part of the world it's so it's, it's really really cool it's it's unlike the rest of of the of the united states it's the oasis feel, yeah, yeah it feels different down here and um yeah i love it every time i come down it's always it's always a lot of fun and austin is a, is a fun city man it's yeah, very yeah. very good yeah it really is so yeah i'll be back soon hopefully and uh yeah, we'll catch up with you then.
0: Brilliant. It's good chatting. Thanks so much, Mr. You Hurley. Too. My pleasure. God My speak. pleasure.
1: Anytime.
0: Well, there we have it, Mr. Kevin Hurley of Tealing Irish Whiskey, a good gentleman. It was nice to sit down and chat with him on his brief trek in Texas. It was good to talk about health and balance. I think you're going to see more and more conversations, more and more seminars talking about how to balance drinking, balance traveling, and balancing a healthy lifestyle. It's worth noting. I mean, If it takes a great wife to do that for you, so be it. But there are a lot of great options and a lot of things to still be learned about health and balance in this industry. But it's also really wonderful to see Irish whiskey coming to prominence yet again. Teeling is doing a wonderful job with these three bottles that I tasted. And it makes me very excited about the future and about the brand recognition and the overall recognition of Irish whiskey as a category. So thanks so much, Kevin, you jet-setting, world-traveling guy you for sitting down and chatting with me. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter which albums you're listening to lately, or if you do enjoy the new Circa Waves record on Spotify, or your streaming music subscription service of choice, please keep dating.